Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 until verse 23. Let us just spare the energy to return home and let's receive blessings. So Paul said in Philippians that the core of the church is joy. So joy can be the, the greatest status of the church. And, and as we think of the, the spirituality of Paul, saying, telling them to rejoice can be one of the greatest blessings that Paul can ever uh, say to the church. So when we think of our nobility and kingdom of God and um, the Lord as, he, as who He is, Then, then, then we can rejoice not because we are in a good condition, but we can always be joyful if, even if we are um, in a difficult situation like Paul. So, so as we said yesterday in chapter 3, I, I told you that you have to keep uh, meditate on this um, life relationship within yourself. And when you meditate on that relationship, Holy Spirit will keep expand that scale. And, and through that scale, your nobility will expand and you will become able to believe in that even more and more. And that's the process of your spirituality. So every day, you need to um, meditate upon, upon that every day. Not just to think about it, but to, but to um, see actually the, the life being, being um, substantialized in, in you. So that's how you live in spirit. Holy Spirit is not someone who just stay in you silently and then move whenever um, you ask Him to move. No, just like your own breath. Uh, Holy Spirit is keep moving and breathing in you every single moment. Every single moment. So if you if you live in behind like that, then you are falling in a danger that you are trying to abuse him. So Holy Spirit is not the one that you use, but instead He's the one you should rely on. So in God's perspective, and in and when you look at the church. The church, which is ignorant to the Holy Spirit, and the churches who are are completely reliant on on the Holy Spirit, and the churches who are ignorant, who are who are actually ignoring the Holy Spirit, and who are abusing the Holy Spirit, the one who God hates the most is the churches who uses and abuses the Holy Spirit. So, if you are trying to abuse Holy Spirit and use Him. then you will lose the, the truth that Holy Spirit is a character. And ever since this charismatic movement of John Wimber, they, they all lost this fact that Holy Spirit is a person because they ignore that Holy Spirit is a person that he can feel sad, he can feel mad, he can feel painful. 
So they, they lost the heart of the Holy Spirit because they ignored that He was a person. And that's what's happening when you are abusing the Holy Spirit. And that's a great damage. But conversely, when you live by the Holy Spirit, what's the characteristics of the Holy Spirit? That He... You instinctively know that He is a person. Oh, Holy Spirit hates me doing this. And that's... That's what I'm. That's that's the term. Uh, that's the statement of me saying that uh, your your spiritual attributes being changed. It's Holy Spirit keep leading you from from uh, before you keep leading you before you. If if a fish lives outside of the water, maybe some fish can survive for for a certain period of time, but but the spirit cannot survive without the Holy Spirit. So you need to continuously, um, you you will be able to know the Holy Spirit is a person as you live with Him, and it'll become impossible for you to reject Him and go against Him. And when our spiritual functions are connected to Him, our will will become His will, and you will lose all the energy of rebelling against Him. And emotion is the same, not trying to love someone, but instead you receive His love toward me, so your emotion will be His emotion itself. And the knowledge is the same, information, intelligence is the same, not trying to learn and study by yourself, but because He is the wisdom itself, so He will let you know. So that's why tonight um, we hear this term that because of be, be, uh, that's why we heard today this, this term that knowing knowing Jesus Christ so preaching is the same not trying to study and uh, research by myself but when I stay uh, stand up here and when I open my mouth it feels like a, a cassette tape is being played within my heart this is how you preach through anointing these are all the images of the people whose spiritual attributes have been changed. And ministry is the same. There's nothing more easier than, than um, ministry. Because if you allow the Holy Spirit to move, then He will lead even my hands to be laid on someone's, someone's body part. So all your ministry, you should let Holy Spirit do. And if Holy Spirit begins working in you, then your life will be easier and it will be more comfortable. And because you are um, trying to do the ministry without the Holy Spirit by yourself, that's why you are receiving this backfire. But if you are trying to practice your own strength and if you are trying to rely on your experiences, your own power, your own will, then you will get backfired, especially when you meet uh, a strong enemy. So you need to change your spiritual attributes, spiritual characteristics. And as I said in chapter 3, ever since you met the Holy Spirit, ever since He came to indwell in you, He probably um, have been teaching you about this. He probably had 
have had having this process of making you to die to yourself. This is not something special, but because God's will and God's purpose is to make you to go into the glorification and so that Holy Spirit will naturally make you to do so. And you have received strong impartation tonight and through this conference. So when you return to your own churches, you should continue to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and expand those impartations. So all the ways you need to follow the Holy Spirit according to His teaching and Him teaching us His instinct, His instinctive will. So he will never neglect his church. He will never let your church corrupt and to die and to corrupt and to be polluted and to be hardened. No, he will never leave us behind like that. Why? Because, because he paid such a tremendous price in order to save us. Then why would he, why would he neglect us so that he would lose us? Right? There's nothing more um, valuable than his blood. But, but church is the thing, church is a being that he bought with his blood. So, would this triumph God neglect you? No. So, you need to admit this. You need to acknowledge his will that he never lets us, uh, he never lets us be neglected. And he never looks away from us. And when he, when he raises his servants, In order to fulfill their callings, God is keep changing His servants. So that's why we say that in His calling there is no regret. Because He called, He will, he will complete. So what's the only thing that we, we, we should do? Is to respect His will, respect the Holy Spirit's will. We need to admit and agree that He is doing so. And when we receive that, when we accept that, then He will begin all the works in us. So you shouldn't make excuses like, oh, because I'm not sensitive, I don't know what that means. No. Because, because you did not make your life to live in that kind of flow, that's why you don't know that. And I always say that spiritual sensitivity is not about like shaking and waving your arms and legs just like our ministers. Sensitivity is to be able to change your direction toward the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit does not like me to do this. He likes me doing this. He likes me to think about this. Knowing about this is the spiritual sensitivity. And as you know about me, I mean, no matter how, how hot the fire is, I cannot sense it. I mean, you don't believe it, right? And I cannot even sense the anointing being poured on my physical body. But because I've been living with the Holy Spirit for 35 years, that whenever He does such kind of things, I know that through my instinct, my direction is being changed immediately, and I know what to do. But this is only possible because I've been living with the Holy Spirit. But of course, if you can sense it through your body and if you can see it through your own eyes, it would be better. But this is um, just an amount that God allows for certain different people. So you should not just be despaired because of those kind of things. But the only thing that you have to know is His will, His decision, what He likes, what He dislikes, and being able to react to those things. This must be, uh, this is necessary for everyone. 
And if you don't have this, then, then the image that he wants me to fulfill, the image that he wants the church to be, he wants uh, the process that he wants me to have, you cannot have those things. You cannot react to those things, and you will not grow. And the growth of the pastors is the first priority of the, of the Holy Spirit. How was my English? <laughs> the first priority. That's his first priority. Within his church, within his church, raising his servants according to his callings, that's his first priority. That's how important that is. But, but because you've been looking away, turning your faces away from him and neglecting his will, then it's going to be dangerous. And in our church, I always say that I always say that spirituality is all about your salvation. Because if you have received and accepted the salvation in a right way, you would not have had that kind of resolution and uh, result. And if Holy Spirit trained me in the right way, then church should not have any problem. But, but because... You were unable to do so until now. That's why the problems and issues are, are rising up. So you need to know that every problem is problem of salvation. You need to acknowledge that. Acknowledge the will of God. Every single moment, you need to have the status of welcoming the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what should I do? Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, is this the right path? Am I going in the right way? This is a process of making sure that you are walking with Him. And when you are maintaining this kind of status, and as you are growing mature, and at least as you welcome the Holy Spirit, you should know that you are not being bound. So if you reject Him, and if you are trying to do something through your own will, you will be bound. So the benefit of welcoming the Holy Spirit is that you will never get bound, whether you listen to, your, whether you listen to His voice or not. But as long as you welcome Him, you will not be bound. So that's how important that is. Because He's a person, He's a character, that when, when I welcome Him, then He will accept that welcoming, welcoming heart. And this is something that I've been emphasizing in s o m i n i t i o n for over 20 years. But this is the fundamentals. But this is so important. And when you think of the word grace, you should not consider, is a, consider that as a vague concept. So when you think of grace, you should be able to think that it is Him who is working completely. It is not me who is working. And when I say this, those people who are religious and legalistic, they would uh, consider this very difficult. What does it mean that He does everything and I don't do anything? They would never understand this term grace. And of course, there are not many uh, words in the Bible that, that can be described in theories. I mean, think about glory. Can you, can you describe it through a theory? No, you cannot explain it without experiencing it. Grace, grace is also the same. And the easiest and the best way to describe grace is that grace is a gift, but that's still not enough, right? So, 
So even though even though you, you cannot explain what that is, you should be able to experience grace keep coming into you. So only thing that you should do is to respect and welcome, welcome every decision that He is making in you. And as I said yesterday, I don't even think myself. Who is the one who is thinking in me? It should be either the Lord or, or God, the Father. It is Yahweh who is, um, who is working, who is fulfilling the work. So it is the Christ who is living in me, just like Galatians. So Bible is completely, um, Bible, is, Bible is emphasizing so many times that it is not you who should be living. But because, you're, uh, because of the spirit of religion, you are continuously working by yourself, ministering by yourself. So the conclusion of that kind of ministry is the exhaustion. That's why you are keep um, saying and confessing, oh, living by God is so difficult. But as you know, if living by God is difficult, do you think that living by the world is easier? No. And as you know, I've been, I've been in the world for many years, but do you think living with the ghost is easier? No. I mean, go and meet the shamans and ask them. The reason why they became shaman is not because it is easy to live with the ghost, but it is because they, they need to make money out of it. And the shamans usually um, drink a lot of alcohol because they have to uh, be overdosed in order to um, overcome those stress. And our pastors, you guys um, relieve your stress through pleasure, but right? But shamans, they relieve their stress usually, usually through alcohol. <laughs> so if you... If you begin pastoring by yourself, the Holy Spirit will become just a single spirit, a spirit, not the spirit. And Holy Spirit should be the only spirit who should be leading you in every way, but He will just become a spirit, uh, uh, just, just a regular, ordinary spirit. <laughs> I was I was afraid I was afraid to be stoned if I if I said these kind of things in many years ago, but because now I am not not afraid of it. But but Holy Spirit is never a spirit of a religion. So when you accept this kind of things in faith, you will see who you are, and just like Pastor uh, Lee Gyeongsik and Pastor Kang, and shouting, screaming, they, oh, it is so unfair. How can, how could I be fooled by the devils until now? I mean, right? Are, you, you got mad, right? You were furious. Because you were fooled by the enemies until now, right? Pastor Lee, how about you? You sense something, right? He's about to cry, right? But stop crying. <laughs> it feels like this conference was prepared for, for him. <laughs> but it's a good thing. Cry out, cry out. When you return to your church, just hug your wife and cry for hours. Oh, honey. I'm sorry. I've been fooled by the enemies. And you know, crying and crying. Then the, your wife's hurts also will will just melt down, right? Oh, my husband received something. Okay. 
<laughs> I told you that t- tonight's sermon will end quickly, but I'm just keep saying oh, weird things. Okay, anyways, this is the final, um, final, like, words by Paul. Verse 10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that I, at last you renewed your concern for me. And in Philippians, at least, um, I think Paul said to rejoice for 16 times. And you need to always admit that um, reco- recordings in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, did, was, were, not, were not written by coincidence. Philippians is the same. Especially when Paul was in prison. The reason why, and, and because he was keep experiencing this joy being expanded in him, so, so when Paul said that I rejoice greatly, it's not because he's adding another word to say it nicely because it's the end of the letter, but Paul is actually confessing his testimony that he is experiencing this joy being expand, expanded. I mean, how amazing is this? He's imprisoned, and if it were us, then we would have uh, fallen to despair. But this is possible because Paul was living by the Spirit of God. So when you live by the Holy Spirit, what we bear, um, what we bear, are the fruits of the Holy Spirit: love, joy. And what are the fruits? It means that they are becoming embodied in you. They are becoming personified in you. In a situation that you can only uh, fall down to despair, um, you you rejoice. And in the places that you cannot be calm and silent, you become uh, quiet and you you are filled with confidence of victory. They are all fruits of the Holy Spirit, regardless of your conditions and your way of life. If you live by the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will always bring shalom and He will claim you and He will confirm the status of victory. And as you live by the Holy Spirit, you will experience this and you will know that this is not a mere theory. As you saw during this play, this play, as I watched that that play, I realized that that was the reality of my, my pastors. Receiving these bills, how tough is that? But even though you are in that kind of tough situation, you can turn the situations around through joy. Right? So the status that God is giving me does not just simply bring the change of emotion, but it is practical. So if you live in the Holy Spirit through the flow of the faith, in a certain period of time, as you look back, you will realize that that didn't become a problem to you. And in the beginning of my church church days, um, when I was living with these seven seven poor ministers, I always received the phone calls from the bank. And every time I prayed to the Lord, He told me, "Hey, I will solve it. I will take care of it." And then the next day, I was expecting the money f- to come in, to come from nowhere, but it was the same. But as He was giving me this confidence. He made my faith grow. And after one year, as I look back into my time, even though I did not pay the debt, but um, God solved everything. 
And after after a few years, I had the ability to to repay the debt, but I did not pay the debt because because I I wanted that to become the evidence of of victory for for others. And what is that? Because I because I was living in faith. In a certain period of time, God solved everything. So, so having faith is not simply change of emotion, but but uh, faith is a practical event of God bringing victory into my life. So, so that's how important living by the Spirit is, and living by the faith is. But many people, but many people, because they they lost that 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 way of life and they they began being hooked by by the life. That's why that's why they are making God powerless. They keep, they were, that's why making God dead. But no, that's not who he is. He's God who is alive. So the reason why Paul is saying that he's rejoicing here is not because he's just using this word to fancy his letter, but it is because that he's truly uh, experiencing this joy. So here it says that um, indeed you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. What does this mean? Philippine churches were in a difficult situation. Because even though even though um, Paul sent them a certain amount of money for missionary offerings, um, they were unable to send send Paul back the offering. But the reason why Paul is saying here that um, re you renewed your concern for me is because Philippian church has sent the offering to Paul. <laughs> What Paul is saying is that thank you for giving me the money. Of course, um, Philippian church did not intend to not send the money to him, but because they did not have the opportunity to, to send him the money. But now, Philippian church is being able to send him the money, so Paul is rejoicing about that. Do you think Paul was truly rejoicing because he received money? No. It was not the money itself that he was rejoicing, but because, because that... And we'll see that later why he truly rejoiced. So verse 11, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. So Paul, what Paul is saying that he's not happy because of the money itself. because he's poor. And of course, Paul can say that he's not in need, but, but even though he's in need, the reason why Paul can say this is because he does not consider this need as his problem in his life. So from verse 11 to verse 13, all the words that Paul is saying here is not simply a moment of an emotion that comes uh, from a certain period of time. But within the process of spirituality of the Paul, Paul was not lazy on dying to his motivation of, of flesh. 
to be found in Christ and to consider everything as garbage that's within him and to, and to imitate his death and to understand the power of resurrection and to participate in the suffering. And within all those processes, he was diligent in emptying himself and he was considering everything as, as empty and he let it go of everything. And he continued to pursue the goal. So in one word, as he was living through the Holy Spirit, living by the Holy Spirit, that's what Holy Spirit made within him. And that should all apply to us. And that's what Holy Spirit is, is doing to all of us the same. So that's why I'm saying that um, being diligent to emptying ourselves is not being done through our effort. So if you continue to live by the Holy Spirit, He will not stop doing this in you because all your life as divine beings is to stand glorious before Him. And that is God's will. That is God's only will to stand before Him in a glorious image. That is His only will to, to make us to, be, uh, to stand before Him in the most glorious image. So, so Holy Spirit will lead you until, until you uh, complete that image. And the reason why Holy Spirit is, is leading you to that point is because of the time that you spent outside of Jesus, that you spent in, in the world. So Holy Spirit struggles in order to, and wrestles in order to solve that kind of bindings and, and um so without uh, the, the world uh, the word agape you cannot describe it and the Holy Spirit gave, gave up on his fame, honor every dignity that he has in order to enter into us why? for his love in order to make us to stand before him in the most glorious image but when you when you fail to understand and know his will then what a tragedy right but when you acknowledge and admit his will and asking him that lord um holy spirit guide me lord i want you i want to live only to uh, relying on you and to confess to him and respecting his will and when you stumble you fight to rise up again you should have strong will like that. So here, when he said, I'm in need, it does not necessarily mean that he has lots of money, but it means that, it means that for, for Paul, uh, the, the materialistical need did not become a problem for him. So, so all the motivation that comes from uh, Babylon, didn't become a uh, is not considered as a problem for Paul at all. So that's how his spirituality has become. Seventeen years of his training in Arabia Desert, and and many years and thirteen years of his ministry. All the motivation of his flesh has died. So, so what Babylon gives or not, what he can do or not, cannot make Paul to be uh, Paul to stumble. 
So, so Paul became a dead man toward all this motivation of Babylon. That's where the authority comes. If you, if you are transcended from money, you have materialistic authority. If you transcend from people, you have personal authority. So, so when Paul says, I am not in need, it means that that need does not become a problem to him. So, having materialistic authority does not mean that you have a lot of money. And as I, when I preached Ephesians, I told you that Satan uses his strategy. What's, what is the strategy? If he gives a lot of money for the person to, to be corrupted, then he will give the person a lot of money. And in the church, if a pastor corrupts by, by having many church members, then, then Satan will, will bring lots of people into the church. So for the devils, they have the right to do all those kind of things within the order of the flesh. So the greatest tragedy uh, okay, being uh, able when you shouldn't be able is the greatest treasure. Being poor and not being able to do anything, it's actually having a chance for, for him. It's God waiting for him to, to return to him. So always, having money, do not have misunderstanding that having money is the key to all the problems. So as you continue to uh, die to your physical motivations, then you will know which is evil, which is good, which is the strategy of the enemy. You will know um, just immediately. As I said this morning, all our pastors, should not stop um, their church members from dying to their fleshly motivations. Do not allow your church members to, to grow in their physical motivations. You should be able to command them to quit their jobs, command them to bring money and to offer the money. That's one of the core things that you should do in your pastor ministry. So, because, because their, their lives should not have their conclusion on this earth. If this deacon um, will, will die when he stands before God at, in this, this status, then you should be able to um, stop him living like that. That is, that is God's love. That's a great, um, that's a very important part of pastor ministry. And and being able to find all the chains of the flesh that enemies can, can use to hook is one of the keys to enter into the freedom of glory. So do not be, be lazy in dying to your fleshly desires. So that's how Paul said that I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. What does it mean that he is content? He is satisfied. It means that it means that he can acknowledge whatever the circumstances as God's will so that he can choose freedom in any circumstances. He will not be bound. 
So not being content because because you have money. But no matter what the circumstances, um, having Holy Spirit to rule completely over you so that you can be thankful, even if you have money, even if you don't have money, you have all experiences like this, right? Just like, just like Paul's confessing Corinthians, you are being surrounded by multitudes of armies. You will not fall into despair. And conversely, no matter if you have no money, you can say that I am, I am full. How can you, how can you uh, make people abundant if you don't have money? But because I'm living in the abundance of God, I can make everyone else rich. But the biggest mistake of Soy Ministry is, is thinking that Yolbang Church has a lot of money. Well, I mean, it's kind of a thankful thing for you to think like that, but we do not uh, store things to live. As I said this morning, all our lifestyle is obeying to God and allowing Him to work, and then He will fill, fill the rest. I do not um, decide by the things that I have. Verse 12. So from verse 11 to 13, what should you remember? You need to remember that when you live by the Holy Spirit and when you, when you, when you are um, not being lazy on dying to yourself, this is the conclusion that you will have in your life. And it might take time. It took Paul, who was super legalistic, 17 years. But for, for you, it may take a year, three years. And for me, it took me 13 years. And even after the 13 years of training, God continued to make me to go through the process. So we need to know that verse 11 to 13 is the conclusion of living by the Holy Spirit. So I know what it is to be in need. Verse 12, I know what it is to be in need. Let's say someone curses you. Someone makes you feel shame, ashamed. Even though you're in a situation like that, you will never be angry. You will not uh, be mad. You will not be shameful. Right? When you are spiritually filled, you will smile. You will be able to smile no matter what what the others say. And I know what it is to have plenty. And when you have a lot of money, you sometimes become arrogant. You somehow be arrogant, and you feel very um, confident. And, and many years ago, I used to think that I used to think that oh, I am superior than these associate pastors that I, that I became a senior pastor. Then what kind of things happen? Then what happens? Then I I allow this position to work, position as a head senior pastor to work. So so the position as a senior pastor. Why why is the present of a business group powerful? Because it gives them the wage. It gives the um, employees the the wage. So if you if you become a, a if you are um, becoming authoritative and if you think that you are superior than the associate pastor, you become a president instead of a senior pastor. That's how I used to do. But now, <laughs> I don't do that. 
So only thing that I do is that if they don't do well, I just kick them out from my church. <laughs> All right, let's continue. So the, the more you have does not necessarily mean that you will be better. No. You, should, you shouldn't have any problem even if you have something and even if you don't have anything. So the people who are having problem because of, of lacking something, will sh will, I guarantee you that they will also have problem ha by having something too. So if you don't have problem by not having something, then I can say that that person will not have problem by having something either. So those kind of people will always say, Oh God, please give me the money. If I have money, I will dedicate to you and I will give a lot. Right? God knows everything. Okay? Um, I have learned the secret being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So in those kind of situations, making God the only one who can respond, that's, that's what Paul meant by saying, I have learned the secret of being content. If, if you need faith to break through in certain situations, then you break through. Allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you through all those situations, that's being able to be content in every ways. And as you live by the Holy Spirit, that's one of the conclusional image that you will see as you live with the Holy Spirit. So, so think about it. As you... As your physical situations and circumstances are becoming stumbling blocks for you, then, then you are. It means that you are being deceived by the enemies. It's not because of um, of those kind of things itself that you are stumbling, but it is because of me who is being unable to receive that or being able to face that in the right way. For example, if your church members are being problematic to you, then them being problematic itself is not a problem. Why is that person being problematic? It can be my problem. It can be their problem. So you need to first loosen the, the spiritual relationship between the pastor and the church member. And if it's their church, after you you loosen all the spiritual bindings, then 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 you should just just drive them out from the church. Then that's it. And many people think that I'm a pastor who who easily kick people out of my church, but. At, you need to know that I wait for them at least 10 years, 15 years. And if even if I choose to drive them out, um, if they come to me and say that they will not go out, then I will allow them. But there are some people that I drive them out um, forcefully because if they stay in our church um, longer, then they will, they will be destroyed. So in an average, I wait for the people for about 10 years. And the person that I told to, to go out from my church, I waited for her for 18 years. And if, if I have to wait longer, 
then I, I, I wait longer. So, so, so choosing the situation itself is a problem is our stumbling block. The, the main reason for me to be, uh, for me to stumble is my spirit. And moreover, we are church of God. How can money become the problem? To the church of God, not having the money itself can, can never be the problem. So you need to be able to loosen the spiritual bindings. Then the church will return to the abundance of God. Always remember this, that God is God who is responsible for everything. Verse 13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So, conclusionally, the reason why Paul could be incontent in every way is not because of his own method, own, own intelligence, and own strength, but because of him who is becoming his strength so that he can face any situation and not consider them as problem. Amen. What a tremendous confession, right? So, if your spirituality matures, the limited situation, limited ministries, limited relationship, they should all be disappeared within you. So, wherever God is sending you, whatever God is making you to do, you should be able to do all things through Him who is strengthening you. So, in one word, you, you should be like a superman. Not being a superman by yourself, but in his presence, he is pouring every single every single grace that is in, uh, necessary for, for you to do that. You, you will be a superman. And because you don't have anything in you that is uh, rejecting him, God can freely use you so that you can be like a superman. So, so this must be the final goal for our pastors to reach. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So, so surpassing all your limitations of your flesh, all your limitation of your understanding, all your limitation, entering into God's dimension right away so that you will uh, receive his power. In your life, it's the same. There are people that you cannot love by yourself, but if you enter into his presence, then you automatically embrace that person and love that person. And there are things that you cannot cannot let go in your life, but when you when you experience him, you just cut them off right away, ruthlessly. And people call me, oh, Pastor, why are you so cold? But because God's power is within me. And think about it. How difficult would it be for me to drive someone out from my church if I have spent 18 years with that person? And, and his wife his wife came to me and said, um, Pastor, you can drive my husband out, but what about me? And, and I told her, hey, um, if, if you go out with your husband, then I, I, I mean, if your husband is going out, I cannot let you stay here. Because if God decided, I cannot allow, allow myself to, to stop him. 
There is no hesitation. For example, if I say, if I say to Pastor Jong, who is my brother-in-law, he is a difficult um, being for me. So even, even if he is my brother-in-law, if I have to uh, fire him, then I, I would fire him right away. You know, Pastor Chong said a very popular word. <laughs> he, he once told his wife that, hey, I will never divorce uh, with you because even if, even, uh, if we are divorced, you can still stay in Yeobang Shri, but I have to leave Yeobang Shri, so I will never get divorced. <laughs> That's when I acknowledged him as my associate pastor. <laughs> If he didn't say that, I, he probably would have never been ordained. Okay, let's, let's fi finish it quickly. But how great is this confession is? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This must be embodied in our life. In, in any circumstance, being able to um, build everything through his guidance. And wouldn't our Zoe Ministry pastors, uh, wouldn't them be like this in this new season? And I think it is possible for them because as I, as I see you guys um, being freed from all this religion, and sometimes it, it, it even seems chaotic. <laughs> I mean, why, why were you guys wearing something on your head during the praise time? <laughs> In front, in front, in the front. But anyways, let's continue. Verse 14. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. So Paul was able to be in content in every single situation. Um, the Philippian church participated in his in his troubles. So, so Paul wasn't saying that he was rejoicing because he received money, but because Philippian church was participating in his suffering so that he felt this love so that he said that he rejoiced. And what point... Um, and what Paul is saying here that it is good to handle the abundance well it's also good but but the better thing is to to be able to handle the poverty and the lack and the hunger it's more blessing uh, more blessful why because kingdom of God is for the humbled ones so Paul is always uh, focusing on on the poverty suffering and the tribulations but, but conversely we always concentrate on the richness but that's completely against the rule of God's kingdom God's kingdom is always for the humbled ones so always continue to empty yourself and continue to die to your fleshly motivations then you will understand what it means that God's kingdom is humble one's kingdom so gospel <coughs> for the rich people gospel is no fun if you tell the rich people to lay down everything that you have do you think they would enjoy that message? no so 
So that's why inevitably church is where the poor people come and the Buddhist temple is where the rich people go. So at, at all costs, you should not want your church to be rich. So you should be able to request and require the church members to give their everything. And do not forget to pray that Lord make that person rich and, and take away everything from him. So always, church members would never have the image of the rich man because they can enjoy it, but they cannot possess it. Kingdom of God is not the kingdom that you can possess. We are the people. The only thing that we, the only one that we possess is God, is the Lord, is the Holy Spirit. But that's everything for us, right? When we have Him, we have everything. But the reason why you are dying is because you are trying to possess something else besides the Lord Himself. But look at the gospel these days. When you go to these these rich rich towns in in Seoul, all they say is to be blessed, to be blessed. So, so never kill the souls by delivering this corrupted truth in in Zoe ministry. You need to be able to require the people to change completely, be transformed completely, be revolutionized. And in our church, because we've been living for 25 years together, all our church members are poor, even though they are doctors, they are poor. Even though they are businessmen, they are poor because I can never stand them (laughs) possessing anything. That's kingdom of God, right? (laughs) So our church can never grow um, in numbers. Verse 15. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your uh, acquaintance with the gospel, When I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. So this is expression of love that Philippian church was the only church who helped Paul in his journey. And that's how they built their relationship with Paul. And that's how dedicated they were. And even even more, Philippian church members were not rich. But regardless of their conditions, they did not spare on on their offerings to Paul. So so that's how that's why God did not spare their love to Philippian churches either. And think about it. I mean, it is also meaningful for the rich people to offer, but how touching it is uh, it is to see the poor people to offer their everything. So during this blessing ministry, I I told our church members when they bring these special dishes, I told them, oh, I don't enjoy these these liver of the lice, liver liver of bugs. <laughs> But they wrote down on their on their envelope that this is not um, liver of the lice, this is liver of the unemployed. But anyways, that's how much Paul loved Philippian church. So, so enjoying, enjoying to offer before God, enjoying to serve the pastors. It's not just enjoying the action itself, but giving the love. So pastor would receive that love. I mean, if, if the pastor is not corrupted, he would never enjoy the money itself, right? It, and even, even the, the, the offerings from the poor. 
For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. So from the beginning of his ministry and when he was in Thessalonica in second journey, they sent Paul money for twice. Every time when Paul was going on a mission, uh, missionary journey, they were concerned about Paul, thinking that, um, uh, how is my senior pastor Paul doing? That's all love, right? Wherever I go around the world, our church members are always concerned about me. And now, because I know this love, I, um, I consider them so worthy. This is um, relationship of gospel. So you have to know that our relationship is not a physical relationship and materialistic relationship. And pastors, please listen well. <laughs> I mean, this is a good strategy. Do not wear a nice clothes on the podium. Wear a used clothes. Wear a worn-out clothes so that church members would feel compassion to you and buy you a new clothes. <laughs> Verse 16 and oh, 17. This is important. Not that I desire your gifts. Yeah? Paul was not speaking about the money. So when the pastor is talking about the money, it's not the money itself. You should be able to be like that. No matter how much I speak about the offering, it's not the offering itself. It's not the money itself. The money that pastor talks about should not be the money itself. Many years ago, Many years ago, our church members always said that, oh, Pastor Kim likes the people with lots of money. Pastor Kim only liked the people with lots of money. And I told him, hey, it's not that I like the people with a lot of money. It's that I like the people who offer a lot of money. Why would I like you having a lot of money? I only like the people who offer a lot of money. I corrected them. But people do not say that anymore. But many years ago, they used to say that. And when I say about money, it's not about the money itself. So, so those people came to me and said, Oh, Pastor Kim likes money. So it was not the gift that he desired. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. It's not because that they gave them gave him the money. And what Paul is saying that giving giving Paul the the gift is actually more beneficial for them. So the the church members giving giving their possessions up and offering is not beneficial for the one who is receiving that, but it is more beneficial for the ones who are giving. So pastors, please make your church members to grow in their their faith. So always require require the works and require the offerings that surpasses the scales of your church members' faith, or they would never grow. <laughs> do not worry, do not worry to require them um, ten thousand dollars. Oh, can that person offer ten thousand dollars? No, do not worry about it. But always require that in faith. Do not require that out of your own desire. So you need to always make your church members to grow and expand. Do not make them stingy. So look at our pastor, uh, pastor's wife, uh, Pastor Kang's wife in Malaysia. 
they changed their name to uh, from Go For to Yeolong Church of Malaysia. But uh, Pastor Pastora Ichunok, she's good at this. She, <laughs> she's good at requiring these church members and, and searching for the monies that they have. So she, she's not afraid. She's not afraid of offering a, a conference. And Malaysian people, they spend about like one one dollar for their lunch. But uh, Pastor Skang's wife, she she's not afraid to spend like thousands and thousands of dollars. And she even offered $30,000 for my vacation too. So I could not help myself but to bless her. So you, you should always create chances for your church members to grow in their faith. And think about it. Would, would pastors think that, oh, because you're rich, you can give them money? No. Pastors would, would feel, feel pain. But you have to uh, milk the, the, the sheep, milk the cow, or they will be painful. Right? Of course, pastors himself should do that too. You need to do, you need to hear the require, requiring of God um, to surpass your scale of your faith. If God required you to do something that is smaller than your scale, then that's, that is not God. He will always ask you to do something that is greater than your scale. But within 35 years of my life with the Lord, I never said no to Him. So this is not beneficial for Paul. It was beneficial for the Philippian church. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. So this is blessings for them. In order to bear fruits, our pastors must be able to require require to your church members. Okay? <laughs> you should be able to tell them, hey, offer that money or else you will be cursed. <laughs> If you possess that, you will be cursed. This is something that your father should have done, but because he wasn't able to do so, so why don't you do it? Your father is not here, right? Oh, easy. Anyways, let's continue. So now, this offering is on behalf of these Philippine churches, and these will become their fruits. So the money itself is not the money, it's not the offering itself. And as I was living with God, I don't know how much God likes people offering. And in one worship, that worship was so powerful. And back in the days, there were ministers who used to have jobs in the academy. But, but that minister offered all her money, all her money for that worship. So, so that worship <laughs> became powerful. That's why I said during that worship that, oh, God really loves money. Uh, 
Um, and, and there was this one minister who had small bruises in her eyes. So she was preparing money to receive to get surgery. But she gave up on her surgery and she offered all her money as offering. So I went to her and I ministered her and she got healed immediately. And I confessed that, oh, God truly loves money. But God truly rejoices when the church members offer the money which is as valuable as their life. And as you know, I'm not talking about the money itself. And one of the deaconists in our church, whenever a painful time comes, whenever tribulation comes in her, to her life, she always asks to, to God, God, I want to offer money to you. I want to offer money. Then God would always bring her money for 30,000, 50,000 money, uh, dollars. Then that problem will, will be silenced through her offering. So because I understand that kind of principle, that's why I cannot help myself but to, to offer a lot of money. And the amount that I offer in our church is, is one of the top five people um, to offer in our church. And if I do not become a model, then our church members cannot follow me. So the offering is not the money itself, it's a dedication to God. So this is materialistic authority. So when church is being able to offer like that, you need to understand that church will have greater scale of materials. If you do not make these kind of situations in your church, of course it should not be your intention, um, your scale will become smaller. So let's say, let's say if I offered 100,000 won this year, then next year you should be able to look forward to hit the peak of 200,000. You should be able to have that breakthrough of faith. I'm not just simply talking about the money itself. I'm not talking about the number, but this is the scale of faith. So in our church, um, uh, we had a record in our church of scoring um, 2 billion won in one week. So I'm dreaming about um, 10 billion won to be offered in a single week. So I'm not talking about the money itself, I'm talking about the scale of faith. <laughs> so I'm looking carefully who is the one who will give 10 billion won. So this is what the pastors who understand God's skill is. And it will create events in your in your church, making these blind monies to come in, make, uh, um, this unknown inheritance are coming in. And I feel like these kind of things will happen in your ministry too. So Paul is saying that um, in verse 18, uh, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am uh, amply supplied. Now that I have received from Ephaphroditus the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. 
So, so offering is not for my benefit, but for their benefit. And he's saying it's a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice. Especially, especially you can say this is a grain offering or a reconcile offering. This is a acceptable aroma before God. Can Paul truly confirm this offering like this? Yes. When, when God accepts the aroma of the offering as He forgives all the sins of the Israelites in the Old Testament, Paul was saying that this offering is becoming a sacrifice for him, for, for the Philippian church. So as I pray for the offering, I always pray like this, Lord, be pleased, be pleased with this offering and, and be pleased by this aroma of offering. And this is pleasing to God. And surely God, God will gladly receive the offering of the people who gladly offer. So I always tell my church members, it's the, what matters is not the amount of the money, it's, how much, it's about how much you are giving up. The more you give up, the more you are giving. And that's a standard. So our church members would, my church members try their best to give up on everything they have. Verse 19, now Paul is blessing the church. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. And God will bless them and, and those blessings include all the dignity, nobility, worthiness within Christ Jesus, glory, freedom, and authority and power. And within the abundance includes everything, money, glory, abundance. And when Paul is saying all your needs here, it means that God will fill the wisdom, glory, freedom. And ask whatever you want and it will be done. It does not mean that He will give you everything, but it means that you have the ability to, to use use it out of yourself and just like that church has a glory and within that glory um, exists the abundance you will have authority to use everything within that abundance and by giving giving offering you will receive a blessing like this from a great apostle Paul right so it is worth giving giving your everything right so for the for the offering that God pleases these kind of blessings will be poured so now our church members in Soil Ministry should be able to offer offerings like this. And within this kind of offerings, our, our pastor's faith is really important. And sometimes you should, you should be able to require them to offer their houses. And when this happens, you need to know that this is not simply a matter of the money, but actually this is God's abundance keep running in the church. So in our church, in our church, there are nearly nobody in our church who owns their own house. But, but for a certain period of time, I always require them to sell their house to offer 
and and even the widows they sold their own house. And when this happens in the church, the scale will expand in the church, and the influence will be greater and greater. So I, I, for, for many times, I even, I even exposed the story of a great offerings to our church members. This certain deacon offered a billion one because I want him to be a model. But if someone becomes jealousy about that, then that's over. That's over. He's over. So in our church, that's not a secret. We always um, reveal that. Because we all need to dedicate ourselves, devote ourselves. Hallelujah. And the rest is just a final greetings. And I want to say these blessings to you too. Verse 19, God will fill all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. Let's pray powerfully. And as I laid hands on you, I prayed them. But as, as we pray tonight, uh, let's unravel them and let's finish. So, um, Mrs. Cho, do you have something? Do you have any word to say? No? Okay. <laughs> Amen.